Great to see you, great to hear Brilliant, mate. And without further ado, guys, let's get into it. First quarter, the game's finished 10 minutes ago. We're all still riding high. Um, the Giants have just flogged the absolute pass out of the Hawks. Boys, how do we do it? Oh, I think we were, I think we were good for most of it, weren't we? I think I was worried in the first quarter that we were just going to be talking about Clarkson. And mm. the 18-man zone and blah, 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 and that we couldn't sort of thread our way through it. But, I don't know, a few good individual performances, some pretty rock-solid tall forwards, and, yeah, apart from that, I guess, the start and then the 10 minutes of in the third quarter where they kicked a few, I, th- I, thought, I thought we were good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I thought we had that attacking mindset. Like, in the first quarter, there was a few of those skill errors, but we just kept chipping away and trying to attack and we just overran them it was amazing yeah the, I love the um, the G the forwards were up and about I thought the boys looked very lethal as soon as it got forward Dorsal was sublime Harry Himmelberg I mean how often does a key forward um, pinning two blokes holding the ball and then <laughs> snag the goals that was so good the efficiency inside 50 I thought was brilliant Oh, the efficiency inside 50 was incredible. Uh, commentators were all over it late in the game as well. I think we only went inside 50, 22 or 23 times for 18 scoring drops, which is just outstanding efficiency. Yeah, mate, we absolutely we love to see that. Um, I thought as well, on the on the back of that, there, I thought there was some huge... There's a, a lot of individual moments too, which I thought were brilliant. How good was Heath Shaw when you ran through Scully in the second quarter? <laughs> <laughs> a couple like that. It was a, it was a shame not to um, have a chance to run through Jonathan Patton, unfortunately. Or was it a, a cooking incident? They, they reported he burned his foot, which I'm sure would have also happened in slow motion. Yeah. Um, might, have been, might have been a good matchup for Keith, actually, but uh, I hope you get well soon, in general. Yeah. Um, it, it, you bring up Lucky Keith, and I thought we... Um, it, 
Ferrari seemed to be in the garage with the ins. We had blokes like Tommy Sheridan and Keith come in, who aren't known for their high level of skill, but did they bring a uh, bit of a blue-collar work ethic to the game today? Yeah, I thought, I thought I give Keith a bad rap. I don't think he's very good, but he, he did a job today, I thought. He let, let Haynes do his thing, and finally the commentators are getting around Haynes. It's taken him a while. Yeah, it has. They, they do really like him now, and it's, it's about time. So, yeah, I thought Keith was okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I actually quite enjoyed his game, and he could be, you know, he could be the answer when uh, we've got one of those bigger blokes out. Um, how good was how good was Desi Haynes taking that intercept mark in the forward fifty? Yeah. <laughs> what was he doing down there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, absolutely loved it. So that's it. We had um, yeah, that uh, burst of goals at the end of the first first quarter, and they got back into it in the third. But Jimmy kicked away in the last quarter. Yeah, and I think some of our sort of blokes like Perryman and, and guys we know like Cogs and, and Kelly sort of went about it quietly but didn't do a lot wrong and, and they racked up the numbers as we as we saw eventually. Yeah. yeah I thought we switched it well through the back Cogs line. Numbers today. I think Cogs ended with 24. Okay. How do we feel about Cogs? He's still working his way back into it. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely still working his way back into it. Uh, but, but, you know, 24 today, he's still certainly getting there. He just hasn't had the impact, I guess, that you'd like to see him have more often. But I thought, you know, I, I thought that Tommy Mitchell, him, but he and Hulk have ended up with exactly the same numbers. So, uh, yeah, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought the, as you mentioned, the work ethic, I think, was uh, improved through the mids. Yeah, what did we think of De Boer? We talked we talked about the Dutch clan a little bit and how he seemed to go to Warple and sort of switch around a bit. But I don't know. I don't know where he belonged. I don't know who we'll play on next week, but we can get to that later. Um, surely, surely Mitchell would have been the guy to go to today. I don't mind if Mitchell gets fifty touches because yeah, twelve of them count. So if um, you would have thought that the stopping job on him, but we put the you know. Two superstars in Cogs and uh, Mitchell head to head, and it seemed to work over the end. Yeah, for me, I thought um, O'Meara was the more dangerous. Um, interesting point the commenters sort of making the game as well. Um, with the few and the very efficient inside duties and the fewer inside duties at the it seemed like maybe that's the game a little. Um, maybe we possess and control the footy a bit more than we normally do and we're more um, against the 450 and whether that was a you know, genuine plan or not but there's some of the squidges who don't like to give Leon any raps at all <laughs> but maybe he has just adjusted the game plan a little bit and, uh, and full credit to him I assumed he was bagging him.
and I thought he was pretty he was pretty harsh that he got uh, done for running too far. Um, you don't see that call very often, and it annoyed me no end. The commentators were counting how many steps he took, as I think that was supposed to be a surrogate for meters. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I hate it when they do that. But yeah, I agree. In, in, uh, with, as a replacement for Zach Williams, it looks like we might have one. It'll take him some time, and he's no Zach Williams yet. But yeah, it's a similar sort of vibe, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that he takes the game on. Um, and yeah, you know, there was a, if he, you know, he'll, he'll get better with that sort of stuff. But I love that he's that he's trying that. What do we think of the uh, forward setup today? I love Cameron and playing up high. Get, like he just seemed to cover it, and when he's delivering it into the fifty, he didn't miss a target, don't you think? And then it freed—I thought that freed up Harry and um, Finlayson as well. Like there was a bit more space, and it seemed to click a bit more than it had so far this year. Yeah, I think I think Cameron and Green high at times is good when they're doing that big zone because they can crash a pack and, and sort of split it open and then feed it out to whether it's Whitfield or Kelly or someone to, to go then over the top to the, to the other two tools. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought the forward set up yeah. was good. Didn't see a lot of Stormy, unfortunately. But. No, I think he, he seems to me, I think he's got faster over the off-season because his little legs, mate, they go so hard. But I also find that he might have got too fast for his, I think his legs have got too fast for his hands because I think he's, he, you know, a small forward, you have to be extremely clean and he hasn't been as clean this year. Well, that said, I think, he, I think he'll get there and I think he's trying to, he, I think he's trying to do a bit more this year. Um, but I think, I, think he'll, I think he'll get there. Yeah, and I think he should keep his spot. I think Zach Langman ran around in the twos and, and uh, I guess Daniel Lloyd's the other one in that position. And, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think Stormy's done enough yeah. to stay in there. Tommy Sheridan, though. <laughs> I don't know. But how, does he, how does he get picked ahead of Jai Corbell? This is like, happening next week. I'm with you 100% more so I thought Tommy Sheridan I mean I love I love what he's doing in the sunglasses space and the eyewear um, on the footy field not so much that was um, all I saw out of him I think his first stat was a tackle receive um, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got um, <laughs> and then up against um, Poopolo in that in the forward pocket late in the game he just he just he's just gone to pieces and then just decided to give to give away the free kick. So that was um, wasn't sure about his game either. Um, and then he dropped that mark too. We had um, when they went through the middle late in the last quarter, and Whitfield gave the old uh, underground, as they call it, handball, scooped it back up and delivered to him, and he dropped that mark. Jeez, I tell you what, you got to put the icing on the cake for the boys sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll be back running around Tom Wills Oval next next week against the Swans for the fifth time. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of the um, of the reports, do you guys read the weekly reports the Giants sent out about how the AFL players go in the reserves or in the in the scratch matches? Yes, and I actually wanted to bring this up because it kind of annoys me because it looks like they're all about to get picked and be best off. There's never anything negative. When, I don't, do you, did you get the same impression? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I made. I was going to say the same things like, geez, these boys are looking good. 
they're talking about Nicky Shipley. You know, he's had another 30 every week to kick a couple. Hasn't missed, um, it never missed a target. It's, um, I love, I mean, I love those reports. They get me up and about. Jakey Staines had another blinder. The boys are unstoppable, aren't they, in those, um, in the reserve great match reports? Tommy Sheridan. <laughs> Maybe they can't get to the games and they've just um, read, the, read the match reports to, to see about how good Tommy Sheridan's been going. Yes. <laughs> um, and I thought the... Um, so we talked a little bit about the Dutch clamp and there's a little bit of conversation about him switching around positions and going to the most dangerous midfielder at the time, um, which I thought really backfired against North Melbourne particularly. Um, and, I, and I think to me, if... If the role is going to be, you know, keep their best player to nothing, I think you need to just leave it at that. And if he takes that bloke, like, I think he, I think it's fine to predetermine their best player and keep that bloke quiet. And I think that's sort of the mindset you need in a tagger. Because um, otherwise I think it would be hard for someone like the Dutch Clam to really know what he's contributed. Yeah, but you name a bloke before the first bounce and then that's the role and it doesn't change. Yeah. I think so. I think trying to chop and change him, and you know, um, and curb the influence of different players throughout the game. I'm not sure that is the best strategy for a tagger. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. Um, I thought too. Um, there's a, a, there was moments all day. Um, I absolutely loved following Desi Haynes taking that intercept mark in the forward 50. In the next play, Toby Green laid that brilliant tackle in the back 50. I think it was on potentially on Stratton. Um, and then he's played on. So he's got the holding the ball decision. And he's taken time. He's, he's bent down, ruffled Stratton's head just to let him know. And then he's played on, which I just thought that was <laughs> absolutely brilliant. All within the back 50. <laughs> Um, 
um, pointed out a few weeks ago, he, he really sees those uncontested disposals and uncontested marks as um, sort of um, as surrogates for um, work crate, and they were both up. And then I think the... Um, yeah, that and that efficiency inside fifty. Geez, the boys were dangerous, and they didn't uh, they didn't waste it when it got in there. That's very true. <laughs> I think I think that's um, true across the competition. Um, in the last couple of rounds, I think the boys like across the competition they've worked their way back into uh, football, basically. Yeah, and, you know they've adjusted to not playing in front of big crowds and stuff, and they realise you know the season is back on. This isn't you know pre season anymore. Despite the weird environment, you know, the intensity's gone right back up. Yeah, the quality, yeah, and the intensity, the quality of the games has been much better, I think. I mean, obviously I'm looking at it through orange-coloured glasses after the win, but um, <laughs> the quality has definitely improved. Um, speaking of quality, Dorsal, when he was up against the um, up against the post from that, when he got that um, out deliberately out of bounds and just slotted it, He was about the fourth person back as well from the free kick, and he just ran past everyone to get the ball. <laughs> That's what you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mate, you want the, the left footer in the wrong pocket, <laughs> claiming the ball. Oh, mate, that's, I love that. So do you think he's been doing a little, uh, do you think at training he's been doing a little right coaching for mummy and let him know? He goes, mate, this moves the door, so what you do, forward 50, little push out, just take, the, take it and just dob it through. Maybe it was a set play, and that's why the uh, celebration was so good. <laughs> yeah, it was probably second or third disposal for the game. Yeah. Hey, uh, just do you think they call that move the dorsal, or do you think they call it the Grundy? <laughs> it might be the Grundy now, but give dorsal another five years. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so based on that, all of a sudden things are looking good. Uh, for the Giants, haven't checked the ladder, but I can only assume we're uh, we're climbing up. We must be into fifth or sixth now. If anyone's had a look, and that was a good uh, percentage percentage filler. One question I had for you too, Mal. Um, in the game, it's only seventeen games this season. Um, does that turn all of the games into eight point games? <laughs> uh, I don't, don't quite go that far. Go. <laughs> Important nonetheless, though. I think we've jumped over Hawthorne now, hopefully. Yeah, I think we're in seventh. Uh, yeah, we have. We're in seventh and Hawthorne are in ninth. Perfect. Excellent. All right. So, um, moving on from the match review, we've got Port Adelaide next week up at Metricon Stadium. First time for a while the Giants will be on the road. And um, Port, they showed brilliant form early on in the hub, um, but they just had a pretty big loss to Brisbane. Um, Brisbane overnight as well. Um, anyone watch that game? Got any chat about what's going to happen next week? Uh, I watched that game yesterday morning, um, and the Lions were very impressive. Um, and Port weren't terrible, uh, but I think we had a similar sort of forward structure. I think to the Lions, maybe not as tall, but we've still got. Um, Chesar and Dorsal down there, um, and the three talls for Brisbane um, are absolutely massive, and they really stretched towards defence, um, and I think we can do the same too. Brilliant, yeah, and we've got, especially with um, Harry Himmelberg and Dorsal showing showing a lot today. 
Absolutely. So he carries the other two. They were like they were wasteful quarter late, in what I read. Did they, they had the run of it in the first quarter and then... Did yeah, you they kicked, um, the first quarter, I think, was one two two zero four zero five. Um, so they had some opportunities early. But when the Lions got moving, their tools were, um, were, were too much for the Port Adelaide's uh, undersized and somewhat inexperienced backline. Love that. That'll be um, music, music to the boys' ears. Yeah, Jezza, Jezza could get his uh, campaign for uh, Coleman back on track next week. <laughs> Hopefully, he can kickstart his campaign for 100 goals this season at the same time. He'll <laughs> 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 um, be only 17 rounds at every, point, every game being an 8.8, so I don't think he's going to have enough games left. <laughs> can the goals count double in that case? <laughs>
He just looks so poised, doesn't he? For was today was his third game, was it? Yep. Yeah, and he's just uh, so strong, and you can just see him being a 200, 300-game player um, and someone you could build your midfield around. So, um, yeah, very, very good start to his year. And if, with Rao going down, I mean, does sports bet pay out already for him to be the rising star for this year or...? Yeah, Rao's done his um, shoulder, I think. Or... Yeah, disregarded his shoulder. Oh, wow. Maybe they should start playing out on uh, Tommy Green instead. <laughs> yeah, is he? Yeah, he's good, isn't he, Tom Green? Is he slow? Or is it just the black boot? <laughs> <laughs> what are you suggesting, also, that he needs to get uh, under Tim Taranto's wing and get into his barber and get the sides fixed up and he might pick up a few extra yards? <laughs> Maybe. No, no, it's, it's yeah, nothing but rough on him. He's, he's very good. Yeah, he's a big frame, though, isn't he, for a 18- uh, or 19-year-old? Yeah. The one I actually saw an article this week, and um, following his his great game last week, they were saying he looks a bit like Anthony Kudafides, one of the great big-bodied mids. Um, but they actually turned it into a verb, and they said he was cootering the ball a few times with some of those one-handed pickups. So <laughs> I love that. And any bloke that um, any holds it up in the air as well and tries to give those hands in the contest, which is always a uh, always a good look. Um, Next, we've got two, um, and this is moving more into the uh, social justice realm. Um, Toby Green last week took what was probably kicked, what was probably the mark of the year, and did, didn't get the nomination. What, what are we feeling there? This is the one that he, from the sort of uh, the crowds, he snapped it over his shoulder. Yeah, mate, let me, yeah, let me talk you through it. So the ball's coming high. Toby's probably jumped from third or fourth back in the pack over two blokes. Um, obviously, someone's touched it at first and he hasn't got the mark, but he claimed it anyway, didn't get it paid, and then he snapped it over his shoulder from a pretty acute angle. Um, in, you know, brilliant display of athleticism, goal sense, skill, um, showcasing some of the unique skills of Australian football, um, and he hasn't got the nomination. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, wasn't even one of the three. And ironically, goal of the week last year was last week was uh, Brody Brody Meyercheck's volley from thirty out, which Toby has done a better one himself this year. Yeah. Maybe we shift our uh, our lobbying to to some of the uh, social media related awards. Yeah, that's it, mate. Are they are they voted on? by social media. No, the nominations aren't though, are they? I, th- I think the nominations are done by some bloke and then the, the three of them are voted on. Mate, no justice. He'll have to make do with a uh, Brownlow medal and a Premiership medallion instead this year. <laughs> and maybe Norm. And the Norm. And the Norm. <laughs> Chinkway, I think you had an idea though on how we, we can repay Toby. Yeah, well, I looked at the prize and it's $10,000 to his local club and the use of a car for a year. And obviously he's been robbed. I should say I didn't actually see it, but I'm, I'm positive that he was robbed. So um, I was thinking maybe we should get start a GoFundMe page and lease a car for him for a year just so he gets the uh, benefit of it. 
hopefully can get enough together for a Kia Sport car. Otherwise, I might have to do the Rio. <laughs> footy-related uh, question on issues of the week. Um, we've had, I mean, we, we brought across the big cab Sav um, from the Barossa Valley and thought that was going to be the answer to all our prayers and deliver us a premiership. And after a couple of weeks, he's out of the side and Mummy's uh, rejuvenated and playing some brilliant footy. Um, and we thought that maybe they'd play together in some of the games this season. But with the shorter shorter game time, I mean, is, is the need for two Ruckman in the side, is that... Is that done? Yeah, I thought that was a um, very insightful point when he put that on the um, agenda for today's pod, Joe. I think you might be absolutely right. The need for two Ruckman, particularly, I mean, Dawson filling in, he's doing quite a good job. So I feel like... Um, <laughs> sorry. Just a, bit of, just a bit of traffic noise in London. Um, yeah, mate. Responding to another stabbing. Good job. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Dawson's doing a good job um, pinch-hitting there. And then you're exactly right. With the shorter quarters, there's just no need for the two Ruckman. Yeah. So, uh, but I also don't think Mummy's got 17 games in him either, you know, with his uh, age and body and his, his uh, confrontational, shall we say, his style of play. Um, so Source will pinch hit when Mummy's carrying him into general soreness like Cal. So, um, just forecasting ahead a couple of months to an unknown date and an unknown location, as we don't know where the grand final will be played. Going on, going on form now, mid early July. Who's in the grand final side in the ruck? Mummy. Same for me, which I, I didn't think I'd say. I thought he was going one t- one year too long, and and uh, Source would have filled that hole. But yeah, yeah, brilliant, mate. I'm going I'm to the sports bet. And have a flutter on him for the Norm Smith, actually. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So back into some uh, of the larger issues um, across tackling our uh, great game at the moment. So season 2020 is obviously a week-to-week proposition at the moment. And um, we've got 10 Victorian teams taking off for warmer climates, which the uh, Richmond Footy Club seems very unhappy about. But all of the other players seem to be taking it in their stride that they've got to live in Noosa for five or six weeks. Um, what do you guys think about the um, how the AFL's managing um the hubs and the, you know the rolling fixture and, and and everything that's been thrown at them at the moment. I think they're doing all right. It's a, it's a tough gig, right? And they're going to cop stick, and it's not going to be fair. Um, and people are going to complain, but I think with so many unknowns and moving parts, they they prepared pretty well. The shorter quarters, of course, because they knew that we'd get positive tests and it would get get rattled and the. Um, 17 games, making that call early. Um, I think after, and I think the clubs are now coming to the party, and the players are too. They've, they've seen their support um, get laid off. They're, they see yeah. that the industry may be in trouble, and they realise that, um, that they, they just have to suck it up for a bit. I guess it's different people like Sasha Hawley and I think it was Edwards down at Richmond who have very pregnant partners or very new babies, and that's of course yep. um, complicated and understandable. But I think. I think it's sort of come to that point where people, where the players know that we need to get a season done and yeah. that's what we're going to have to do for a month. So I think they've done okay. I don't know yeah. what you guys think. 
agree with you, Lawso, totally. And I think yeah, the players have realised that that they just got to they just got to do it. And I think too, what what frustrates me with Richmond is that every other club saying we'll do what we got to do, right? And there might be other players at other clubs that don't travel for family or personal reasons, and you know, which is totally understandable. But Richmond have made that their centrepiece throughout the whole time. You know, that's that's all they're talking about. The players that might not be able to come. I mean, Shane Edwards is not going to be the difference between a win and a loss, is he? I think you're right. I think players are going to be out because they're quarantined. Players are going to be out because of family reasons. They can't go to the Gold Coast for a month. I think it's, I guess, a test of the depth of the list. Uh, yeah. Interesting reason with, with this week, especially with injuries, maybe maybe testing that more. But, yeah. but maybe it, it's better that it, it, it looks at that depth rather than a team having few injuries and just running through the season with their best 22. It's true, mate. And as they as they always say, it takes uh, forty four players to win a premiership. So we'll uh, put that theory to the test in uh, season twenty twenty. All right. Um, there's been last weekend. There was uh, with uh, Steel Side Bottom um, our breaking. Um, COVID protocol and the rest of it. We got any thoughts on uh, on Steele and copying a four game suspension for his troubles? I don't know how much uh, of the Premier League, English Premier League news might get in um, in Philadelphia there or back in Australia, but Kyle Walker from Manchester City had uh, two sex workers over to his home during the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Steele's indiscretions are slightly. Um, let's say in comparison to that (laughs) I love it I actually had a theory on side bottom I thought he was um, after getting absolutely touched up by the Dutch clamp on Friday night I thought he might have been uh, playing a drinking game and he's had I think he's had one shot for every possession he missed out on from the tag on the Dutch clamp. So the poor bloke's probably had 20 shots of tequila <laughs> before he was found wandering the streets half naked. Yeah, I guess we just need to put a security guard outside Toby Green's house for the next three months. Yeah. To make sure that we don't lose him before. That's true, mate. That should be assistant coach, mate. Just full-time minder. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you also never know where Lockie Whitfield's going to spend the night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, one other thing, they can't help um, these days but cut to a lot of footage of Steve Waugh up in the stands at the uh, at Giants Stadium. What do we think about uh, Steve Waugh being at the games? I was always a Mark Waugh guy myself, um, yeah. so I can't... I want to hate the Steve Waugh connection, but I can't really. He was, you know, obviously a great cricket captain and player. He's also a Bankstown boy originally, isn't he? So it does fit with um, our key demographic being the Greater Western Sydney Giants. So, yeah, you've got to like it. And if he's the difference, if he's got the boys up and about playing some good footy the last two weeks, then more power to him. Absolutely, Uh, mate. I also like it that he's up there sitting next to Gavin Robertson, who's sort of in our staff, and then Cooper Cronk's up there next to Dave Matthews, and we've had Simon Cadditch as a runner before. I think it's 
I think it's good. I think get him, get him right in the inner sanctum, these guys who are, who are the best of what I it speaks to uh, Needles the Renaissance Man was uh, floating a new slogan for the club last year as uh, the GWS Giants bigger than a club and I think that sort of feeds into it and I think it shows that Sydney I mean you know the AFL is obviously heavily Melbourne focused but it just shows into it just shows you that Sydney's still the number one city in Australia and it's got a bit more uh, you know a bit more bit more reach into the public sphere with getting some of those players you know into the club. Yeah, and I think um, Mitchell Stark and Alyssa Healy are also high on the uh, membership list. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Trent Copeland too, although I'm not sure uh, he's he's got that same profile. <laughs> <laughs> not quite Steve Wall. I thought uh, Mr Healy was a Lions fan and that the Stark household was divided along both lines. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. yeah. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, Mitch is you know really breaking it down. I mean, she seems to be at a couple of the games with Mitch, so let's hope he can get that con- con- conversion. <laughs> all right, so uh, time for the last quarter. Play on at all costs. Is there any other burning issues? Anything else that we need to discuss on today's pod?
best six are and, you know, what the strategy looks like um, in terms of matchups and things like that. And we've, you know, obviously slamming Sam Taylor out this week, but uh, I feel like that's one area that we're not really settled um, as much at the moment. Have you blokes got any thoughts on, on, on the back line and what we need to do? Well, you just basically need Nicky Haynes and five other blokes, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we can do it, mate. Yep. Yeah, we just need enough blokes so that Haynes doesn't have to play on anyone. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> that's really the goal of picking the team each week. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I wonder whether there's a, a place for putting putting Haley on a bloke and putting Ash on someone and even, I don't know who in the twos could come up and, and, and play man on man and defensively as a young bloke rather than just sort of running a muck. I, I don't know, but yeah, I think it's, I think we're a little a little thin, which becomes clear when you're picking Lockie Keith, even though he's good. Yeah. Um, but I think we, we do have got the cattle. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, I think um, any, I mean, Steen Steinstein, he got a couple of games last year and was okay. And, I mean, obviously reading those reports, he's been best on ground along with six other blokes in every practice match and NEFL game over the past 18 months. Um, but is there a role for him? Because, like, like I said, I'm calling out for that, that mid-sized player and it seems like hardcore, they're not using him to do that. So is there a role for Stain to really play on some of those matchups? I think so. Because he's not that tall, but I, I think someone like Port Adelaide only only has I guess Dixon as a tall and, and um, yeah if he goes down there so so maybe we we do ship ship out one of the, the big blokes and, and bring someone like him in, in. Robbie Gray would be the matchup he's their sort of mid sized dangerous forward and that's what I think I think we need someone to pick and stick on those blokes if it's hardcore if it's Dean Steinstein I don't mind just I think you just need to pick and stick so one of those blokes can um, yeah can can play that role. Coco, do you reckon um, Shaw's played a year too long? Like, would you prefer 20 games in a young bloke or 20 games on Shaw? That is a great question, Chinkway, and um, I, I, I don't know, actually. I'm backwards and forwards on that um, throughout every game. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you other blokes think? What do you think, Chinkway? I'm the same. I, I Like, he's a, obviously been a great player for over 300 games. He still adds value, but it's whether you prefer like Stain, Stain, Stein, 30, 40 games at the end of this year rather than 15. Or a Haley or a Caldwell, half back or something. Yeah, I think the pressure's gone off a little bit with that because I thought coming has been okay this year. You know, Peter Clankers is all sort of, you know, junior players have. And after we keep doing that, it's serious.
obviously I got back on top of the game. Whoa. Next hardest working player, maybe Caniglio. I said, uh, right, birds are